Back to Pops and Pop Culture, a Riverdale Rewatch podcast. I'm Maya. And I'm Luke, and we are here to discuss all things pop culture and dissect the wildest show on TV. And this is episode 20 of this podcast. Wow. Which is pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, we just calculated that we spend about 1% of quarantine recording. Podcasts. Which is a lot, actually, if you think about it. I mean, well, yeah. I guess I don't know if it's a lot. But I'm surprised we've lasted this long. I'm impressed with us. <laughs> it's a real, uh, true passion project that we've been able to fulfill with quarantine. Um, but we have another Riverdale episode recap. Um, and I feel like this is like definitely the craziest episode that we've covered so far. Um, but let's just get the boring stuff out of the way, then we can talk about it. Um, so this episode was written um, by Michael Grassi, who wrote um, episode four, which is the last picture show. So it's the episode where the drive-in is closing, and then there's all this stuff with, like, Miss um, Grundy, and, like, they break into her car, and they find out all this stuff about her, which I'm pretty sure we liked that episode. I think... I think, I think that was, like, the first one we really liked. Yeah, so... It seems like Michael Grassi knows what he's doing. He knows how to write a good episode of Riverdale. And I feel like what I liked about his episode the last time and also this time is a lot, like, of plot moved along. Like, there was a lot of progression. Well, the plot moved along very, very quickly yeah. in this episode. which I kind of realized that not every episode can move along this quickly, although maybe it sort of does later on because they just, like... Like, it gets too boring, and they just need need so many new plot points, which is then why it gets so complicated. But I do like the episodes where more things happen than less things happen. I guess that's kind of, like, obvious. But anyway. Um, and then it was directed by um, Mark Piznarski, who I've never heard of before. Oh, wait, no. Sorry, that's a lie. It was directed by Rob <laughs> Seidenglanz, who I've never heard of before. Okay. So, anyway. Um, and then it, when it originally aired, it got 0.98 million viewers, which I think is an uptick a little bit from the last episode. And then it's also one of the highest rated episodes that we've watched so far. It has 100% fresh on Rotten Tomato, so 10 positive reviews out of 10 reviews. And it has an average score of 8.9 out of 10, which is definitely the highest mm. that yeah. we've seen. So it looks like this seems like pretty universally loved episode um what were your thoughts um this wasn't like my favorite episode ever actually i did enjoy the end a lot but i kind of felt like all the information was just like dumped on us at the end and we've been building up to this moment the whole episode so it felt like almost or no not the whole episode the whole season so it felt like a little bit anticlimactic, but yeah, I, overall, yeah. I think it was a good episode. And I'm also wondering if in the promo they revealed that they were going to like be revealing the murder in this episode, and that's why it there was so like an long. uptick in viewership. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, so I sort of agree. Like, it does feel a little bit anticlimactic, and I mean, we'll definitely get into this later, but like, I feel like... They don't really, like, it's sort of just, like, they happen upon this random video that proves that, like, it was just, like, sort of, like, it's, they, they've done all this investigating and then all of a sudden they just stumble upon this, like, piece of information. So it seems, like, a little bit disappointing that this is, like, how their investigation ends. But I think ultimately it was still, like, a very fun episode to watch. So I feel like this whole show we were watching them investigate this murder and we were watching them as they like slowly found out information but this time it was like suddenly they just dumped a bunch of information on us and we didn't get to like watch them figure it out so maybe they were like going toward like they're getting towards the end of the season then they realize like there's like so much we still have to reveal or maybe the season got cut short like maybe they're planning more episodes because it is, like, shorter than the rest of the seasons, which yeah. possibly is just because it was the first season. But, like, 
it is a bit weird. So, um, but would you like to tell us about the title of the episode? Yes. So this episode is called the anat or it's called Anatomy of a Murder, which is also a movie from 1959. So I will read the Google description. Semi-retired Michigan lawyer Paul Beegler takes the case of Army Lieutenant Mannion, who murdered a local innkeeper after his wife claimed that he raped her. Over the course of an extensive trial, Beegler parries with District Attorney Lodwick and out-of-town prosecutor Claude Dancer to set his client free, but his case rests on the victim's mysterious business partner who's hiding, who's hiding a dark secret. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I feel like there's, like, bits and pieces that fit. Yeah. Like the murder investigation and the mysterious business partner. And, and also, the like, the out-of-town prosecutor, sort of. Oh, like, true. But, like, none of it, like, the story doesn't really it's, line up Yeah, it's just, like, bits and pieces that are, like, pretty generic that, like... Yeah. And I think, like, the title fit. fits for the episode, though. Like, yeah, I, I think I that's agree. definitely what they chose for this one. Um, okay. Do you want to get into the recap yes so instead of Jughead's usual narration this episode picks up right where the last episode left off um so Veronica and Archie are at Pops with Betty and they tell her about how they think that FP was framed because they had been searching through his trailer and they hadn't found the gun so um, Betty is like a little bit skeptical at first, but they say that they're certain um, that FP is innocent um, and they can't find Jughead. So they want to find him and tell him, but they can't find him. And they're not totally sure what to do next, but Archie wants to go tell the parents before they go to Which- Sheriff Heller and he thinks that his dad will know what to do. So then they gather all the parents um Fred, Hermione, Mary, and Alice. Which I feel and like this like is so out of character for him. Like, why is he like all of a sudden being that's responsible? True. <laughs> like, that's so true. <laughs> and then later he's like, I have to tell the sheriff. Like after he's talking to the parents, so I just feel like it's like very out of character for him to be like level-headed and like want to ask for parental guidance before making yeah. a reckless decision. But anyway, that's true. But he tells the parents, and they. I mean, they're pretty bad at them <laughs> understandably. for <laughs> understandably for breaking into FP's trailer. And at this point, they do believe that FP was the murderer. So it's probably kind of terrifying to hear that your kids broke into a murderer's trailer. Yeah. Um, sure. But, and Alice, and it seems like all the parents, but Alice especially, are still pretty convinced that um, FP did it, and she says that she trusts Sheriff Keller over three amateur sleuths. Meanwhile, she was the one that had them investigate. So Betty points out that she was the one who asked Veronica and Archie to investigate um, FP's trailer, which the parents didn't know, so understandably they're pretty pissed at Alice mm-hmm. yeah um but then Veronica's like actually I approached um Alice about this but they still are pre- the parents are still pretty skeptical and Mary says that because they had broken into Sheriff or no not Sheriff Collar FP's trailer, then whatever they found is inadmissible. Yeah, so you need, like, the lawyer perspective. In the court of law. So, good thing Mary was there. Yeah, she's just, like, dependable lawyer whenever (laughs) you need her. Um, But then Archie's like, I I don't care what happens to me, like, I have to go tell Sheriff Keller, which is, like, (laughs) back to his original self, where he's reckless and doesn't actually think he's actually. I actually think they should tell Sheriff Keller. Well, yeah, I do too. But like, because I don't very, want like, F you to get in trouble for something he didn't do. But it's just very like like Archie to defy his parents and like be like, "This is the right thing." 
Um, yeah. Which is like exactly the opposite of what he wanted to do two minutes ago. So <laughs> it's a bit interesting. But anyway, um, then we see them. It's like nighttime. Betty is in bed and she texts Archie that she's worried about Jughead because I guess Jughead's MIA. And Archie decides that they should go looking for him. And then we see Jughead, who's at a payphone. So does he not have a phone? Like I'm confused. I feel like that would be like Jughead to just not have a cell phone. I mean, like, I guess I could see his parents, like, couldn't afford to get him a phone. Because, like... But also... I don't know. He's a laptop. Yeah, he has a laptop. It's more so, expensive than a phone. So, or no, not really. Um, well, it depends. But it just doesn't really make sense why he's calling from a payphone. Except for, like, for dramatic effect. Um, but he says he wants to crash on his mom's couch in Toledo. He calls his mom. And the you, we don't hear her talking on the phone, but it's you can assume that that's not really an option for him. And so he's, like, pretty upset about that, but is like, forget it. And so then he goes to the ticket counter at the bus stop or, like, bus station and says, like, Instead of a ticket to Toledo, just get me an- any random ticket. So his plan is just to like go somewhere random and like run Great away from idea. his problems. I guess I don't. Doesn't He's really. Gonna make go to sense. Florida. Yeah. So, anyway. But that's such a terrible thing for his mom to not let him come and stay with her. Like, she's his mom, and his dad was just arrested for murder. And he yeah, like what I is mean, he, he was to staying do? at the Andrews house, but he doesn't really. He could continue to stay there, but he doesn't really have anywhere to go. Yeah. Like, where, what's he supposed to do? Yeah. Anyway, but we won't get his uh, any shots with his mom until much later. <laughs> um, then we go to the Lodge's house, and Hermione wants to prepare in case Hiram is implicated in the murder um, because they do have a connection with the murder and Hermione says that she is guilty um, because she bribed the mayor and forged Veronica's signature and paid off the serpent. So even if she's not involved with the murder of Jason Blossom, she has quite a few things to be worried about. Um, so she says, pack a bag just in case. And she's looking for their passports. Make a run for it. She's looking through the drawer for their passports, which isn't like that kind of, the kind of thing that you should like know where they are, but yeah, she's apparently doesn't know where their passports are. So that's something she needs to figure out pretty quickly. Um, I feel like I feel so bad for Veronica in this like situation. Like I feel, I would be pretty freaked out if my parents were like, pack a bag just in case like i might be that's true arrested and she finally like found a place with people that she really liked and she'd become a better person i know so it'd suck to just have to leave again and this time she'd be leaving to like literally run from the law like (laughs) yeah anyway so then betty and archie we see them on their investigation for jughead they somehow know to go to the bus station which, well, I guess they know that Jughead was trying want to, to go to Toledo. To, yeah, which is pretty smart of them. I would not think that. But um, well, he did tell Betty that he decided not to go to Toledo for her. So I guess it would make sense yeah. that since anyway. he's like pissed at all of them, that's where he'd yeah. go. So he's he, but he's not at the bus station because um, he can't actually stay the night at the bus station because they close. So, and Veronica calls while they're looking for him, and she's just sad after hearing all this stuff about him possibly having to leave, and she's calling Archie just to, like, talk to him, and then Archie tells them, or tells Veronica that they are looking for Jughead, and she's a little bit upset that they're on a manhunt without her, (laughs) but um, she has the good idea to go to Pops, which is, like, obviously where they, where The only 24-hour place in Riverdale. Riverdale. And also, like, Jughead's so, pl- favorite place Pops again. is up all night serving people. Yeah, I, I, we've never seen Pops, or running without Pops there. So I don't know when he wow. takes a break. And it doesn't seem like he has that many employees. But anyway, they go to Pops, 
they find Jughead, and he's very sad, obviously. And then Veronica and Archie tell their story about how they... Well, he already knows that they went, he went and they went and investigated FP's trailer, but they say that they never found a gun when they investigated, so someone must have planted that gun. Um, and that means that FP is potentially not guilty. So that's, like, uh, drives Jughead to, like, have some hope. Yeah. And then we see Sheriff Keller interrogating FP. So he asks him if he knew Jason before the murder or if he just, like, did it for kicks. But FP tells like, this whole story. what kind of question is that? I know. Yeah. Um, but FP tells this whole story about how they first met when Jason was planning his getaway. And he asked FP to help send him up with a car and some money. And in return, he dealt drugs for him. Um, and then he said he realized that he was Clifford Blossom's son. So he was like, why did he need me? Like, he's so rich. Mm-hmm. And But so Jason told um, FP his whole plan about how he was going to fake his death and then run away to the getaway car. So FP said that before he made it to the getaway car, he grabbed Jason and took him to the white worm and held him there for ransom. So basically Um, kidnapped him. (laughs) Yes, he kidnapped him. So I guess this story does make sense because he found out that Jason was really rich. So he's like, okay, I could get some money out of this whole but like what it doesn't really make sense why would he kidnap him after i guess he wanted him to like do his bidding first and then kidnap him i don't yeah it seems a little bit shaky but anyway but then jason got away and at this point sheriff keller kind of finishes the story for him so he's like so then he shot him and stuck him in the freezer and then after they finished searching Sweetwater River for the body, that's when FP dumped him in the river. And FP also confesses to breaking into Sheriff Keller's house and destroying the murder wall, which we know that Hal did that because they, sh- or at least we think we know that because they showed us that like a bunch of episodes yeah. earlier. And then he also confesses to lighting the getaway car on fire. And then Sheriff Keller asks FP flat out, did you kill Jason Blossom? And then we don't see his answer. Yeah. So clearly at this point we know something's up with FP's story because like that does not line up with what we've seen already. So he's like confessing to more than he actually could have done. Um... So then the entire crew arrives at the sheriff's office, like the Jughead, um, Betty, Archie, Veronica, and apparently they can just like talk to the sheriff whenever they want. Um, and so they're like, we need to talk to you. And then um, they're like, you have falsely charged him. Like the gun wasn't there when we originally, or I don't know if they say that, but they say that like, it's not possible that he killed Jason. And then, they find out that FP just confessed to killing Jason and they see him being like taken away to jail. So that's a bit shocking for them. Um, and then we see the Blossom family eating a very fancy dinner at their, at Thornhill and Polly walks in and, um, and the Blossom parents hand her a newspaper that says that um, FP has just been arrested for killing Jason. And so, and Clifford briefly says that he went to the station to see FP, which that like when I first saw that, it sort of struck me as a little bit weird. Like why he apparently went to like look FP in the eye, but like why would they invite him to to the station? Like yeah. it's not like he would recognize the killer or anything. So I mean, that's no, it like would a, make sense that he would go on his own though. No, yeah, that's I like mean, a bit of foreshadowing for like later in the episode. So, but like, also, even if FP like was 
the murderer. I mean, maybe. He could be there to be like, oh, you killed my son, like, whatever. But, like, why would they... I feel like that's just, like, not productive for the investigation. But anyway. But they didn't... That was... He decided to do that himself. They never asked him to do that. I know, but, like, why would they let him do that? Or I guess you could... Anyone can visit him. Yeah, anyone could visit. Anyway. So then Penelope is like, this is a chance for us all to start over. Like, we finally have some peace at least like we know who killed him it's all over so they think so but also when uh polly walks in she starts saying oh, like, yeah. she's like she was like he killed jason not and then she doesn't finish which is like maybe <laughs> not maybe be you. a little bit more subtle with that but i <laughs> guess no one else picks up on that um but then we see them at lunch inside this time. So uh, maybe it's a, it's a cold day. <laughs> well, they eat um, lunch in the snow. So yeah. it's just like whatever they feel like. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but so the police report says that FP was working alone. So they're like, oh, okay, that's good, Veronica. Your dad's not involved. But then Veronica says that she thinks maybe Hiram hired another serpent to plant the gun. She's just, like, really trying to... She really thinks that her dad did it. <laughs> yeah, she, like, really, really wants to... I know. Her dad. I, like, I don't buy the thing where she's like, oh, I just want peace. I just want to know... Like, it's, like something is weird. I, like, I don't know why she's, like, dying. To... Yeah. But anyway. Um, but... Then Kevin comes over, and he was like, oh, where's Jughead? And Betty's like, he's, your dad is interrogating him, he's at the station. And they get into, like, a little bit of an argument, because Kevin's like, he's just doing his job, and Betty's like, no, they shouldn't be doing that, FP is innocent, she's still very convinced. Mm-hmm. And she suggests that he was either like coerced into confessing or he was protecting a serpent and he brings up Joaquin and Kevin's like no don't drag Joaquin into this <laughs> well it's like a really and- awkward position for Betty because I mean like it, it's just awkward that Kevin is sh- the sheriff's son and like the well it's an awkward so, position like, for Kevin involved. too yeah because like I think he wants to like stand by his dad but then also like also Jughead Joaquin. is sort of his friend and then also Joaquin is like like, it's just awkward in all ways for Kevin. Yeah. So, poor um, Kevin. Poor Kevin. But then Jughead walks in. And poor Jughead, because oh everyone, yeah. everyone is staring at him. It's, like, and so bad. It's, like, you know in all the teen movies when people, <laughs> yeah. like, when everyone stares at someone as they walk this in? Is that like, never happens. This is, like, to a new level. But this makes sense. Like, if the this kid is, yeah. whose dad was just arrested for this yeah. big murder the whole town has been talking about for a really long time, yes, yeah. everyone is going to. This stare is what at separates him. Riverdale from the other teen dramas: is that <laughs> whenever the kid is walking in and everyone's looking at him, it's because his dad was arrested for killing like another kid who used to go to the school. Yeah, it's like a new level of like embarrassment. Um, but Jughead walks up to Cheryl, and he apologizes. And that was a, like, that's a really hard thing for him yeah, to do. Obviously, he feels terrible, but that's, like, really hard to And also, he's, like, approach. taking ownership for it, even though, Cheryl. like, it's not, you know, like, it's And it was very genuine. Fault. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm sorry, Cheryl. Or, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean obviously, I don't know why he would do that, but... <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, so anyway. But then she starts hitting him, which... It's also justified, I feel like, for... I, like, yeah, it's... You, you can... I understand where that's coming I from. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't it's probably hard there to been, be around Jughead. Yeah, there have been worse moments from Cheryl. Like, this one I'll yes. let her have. But then Weatherby comes, and he's like, Jughead, come, we have to talk in my office. Which is, like, kind of rude. I yeah. like, really don't like him. I feel like I didn't remember how much I didn't like him, but I really don't like the principal. Yeah, he seems I feel like, like an he's awful just, like, principal. done nothing good. 
this he's whole... just like sheriff color's puppet yeah i know it they just like he never does and you're a principal you're and not sheriff keller sheriff. like he's like fine like i don't whatever he's not like the best but he's not the worst but like weatherby is just kind of always the worst um anyway so then jughead leaves but then cheryl betty walks into the bathroom and cheryl's crying um and betty comes up to her and says like it's not jughead's fault um and cheryl just talks about how everyone's coming up to her and hugging her and saying like you must feel like so much better knowing that like the killer's been caught and she's talking she's talks about how like it just like doesn't feel any better to know who the killer was like it and she says it doesn't feel like it's over yeah which maybe that's also some force so maybe she's also not totally satisfied with yeah um his confession well and also from the last episode it seems like she's a little bit onto her parents or she knows something's fishy or something. She knows something's up with them. Yeah. So then Jughead and Betty are walking in the hallway after Jughead can like leave from his interrogation from Principal Weatherby, which like he has no right to interrogate Jughead. You can't interrogate <laughs> The sheriff already interrogated him. And, like, what is he going to find that the sheriff I, didn't find? Like, you're not a trained police officer. That's not how that, that works. Makes, I, I, just don't, I just don't understand that at all. Yeah. I just really don't like him, I guess. Um, so, Betty also is saying, like, it's only temporary. Like, when we find the real killer, you can, like, you'll, you'll be okay and FP will be fine. But Jughead is not so sure. Um... And, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that when his dad is, like, literally admitted to killing, um, killing Jason. So, Jughead is not so sure that everything will be okay. So, back at the Andrews house, um, Fred gets a call from Weatherby saying he doesn't think it's a good idea for Jughead to finish the year at school he should do homeschool which that like um, okay that makes a bit of sense like that makes a, some sense but I, I feel like it should be his choice like it's not like up to well I guess it well, is yeah it makes sense for Principal Weatherby to have the conversation like I'm concerned for his safety at mm-hmm. school but yeah I don't know so. but Archie pushes back against this he is not happy about that and jug had overhears this whole conversation but they have a little bit of an argument because fred is worried that archie's gonna get caught up in this whole thing and mm, all I this why he's worried trouble that's following the jones family yeah and so then it, it ends. They're both pretty mad. And what's, oh my God, Fred. <laughs> Fred says, maybe you should just like go to Chicago with your mom. And Archie's like, I wasn't actually considering it, but maybe I will now. Oh my God. And then Jughead comes out and they see that he heard this whole conversation. And he says that he's going to go sleep in the garage. <laughs> Just like what? How does that solve anything? But I mean, I I kind of agree with Archie. Like I in this situation, and like I feel like Fred is being a little bit unfair. Like I guess he's thinking about how he can't become like the long term guardian of Jughead. But like, why couldn't he? I don't know. Yeah, he only has like a couple more years. Like two more years. I don't know. Yeah. It's not like Jughead's has been any kind of burden on him so far when he's been living but there. Jughead has a mom, so I still don't understand yeah. why Jughead. Well, I get for the also, for this show. I also don't, don't understand why like Child Protective Services hasn't like come by and been like, okay, so now you have no legal guardians in Riverdale, he, so maybe we need to think about who's gonna. He does have a legal guardian <laughs> in Toledo, but but anyways, I get but like, why hasn't he been relocated now. there then? Like. It seems yeah. like this is when Child Protective Services or whoever come in and like are like, you have no legal legal guardian right now. Maybe we should do yeah. something about that. But anyway. So 
So then we um, see Betty sleeping in her house, and she hears some banging downstairs. We don't know what it is. And then she's kind of tiptoeing downstairs, which is, like, very reminiscent of, like, season three, I feel like. Um, like, I feel like this happens a lot. Anyway. Oh. In, like, that one episode. Oh. Um, so then we see Alice. Well, there's, like, sort of a jump scare, but it's not really a jump scare. And it's, like, Alice, and she has a gun. Which, where did she get that gun? I guess they have a gun. She just, um, yeah, she must have... Oh, is it Miss Grundy's gun? Yeah, is it? It might be Miss Grundy's gun. <laughs> like, she just... Because is it... Because wasn't there a gun in... Anyway. So, she has a gun, which is, like... And then Betty's like, what are you going to do with that? Like, come on. Which is a good moment. And so then they're going downstairs... So they, I guess they assume, like, someone's breaking into their house. Like, don't you call 911 when someone's breaking into your house? she said be prepared to call 911. I guess. But, like, why have a confrontation with someone who's robbing you? Why don't you just, like, call 911 from upstairs? But anyway, she goes downstairs, and then it's Hal who is, like, breaking into their house. And um, we find out that he was trying to... He was coming to the house to destroy all of the files that he stole from Sheriff Keller's house. Why did he leave them there? Well, because I think he left without, like, knowing. Like, it was sort of an abrupt Yeah, but you would think that was, like, the first thing you would think to grab. Yeah, although Alice was, like, watching him leave, so it might have been a bit suspicious. So, anyway, um, he kind of tells them about stealing the files and how he stole them because he was worried that Polly might get tied up in this whole murder investigation. And the whole family, not just Polly. Yeah, well, Polly and then... Him, because, too. <laughs> yeah, because of Polly, the whole family. And also he was worried that the sheriff would find out about the connection between the two families, um, which... So I guess we've spoiled this on the show. I guess we didn't well, realize this was a spoiler. I was confused. Well, what happened is I think I... I spoiled it because I thought it was revealed and then you told me that I spoiled it and then I think you were like oh we'll cut this out but then I think you then I think you changed your mind and thought that yeah we didn't so, spoil it so we were so we basically were both we wrong yeah. I guess we, we spoiled it. <laughs> so previously to this moment we knew that there was tension between the Blossom family and the Cooper family because one of the Cooper relatives was killed by one of the, like, great-grandparents was killed by one of the Blossom great-grandparents. But now we find out that not only was there, like, a murder involved, they were actually brothers who killed, who one killed the other. And so that means that the sheriff, or that the, well, yeah, so that means that the Blossoms and the Coopers are actually part of the same family. They share, like, the same great-grandparents or something. And then that would also mean that Polly and Jason were incest. Were, like, that was in incest situation. So it wasn't twin-cest, but there was incest. <laughs> um, so I guess we should have known that they had never revealed it. Because we would have definitely been talking about the incest thing. And they would have been talking about yeah. that, too. Yeah. That um, would have been a bigger thing. So anyway... That was I don't get why how as soon as Jason and Polly started dating, I know, that's when Hal should tell everybody. <laughs> like what? Everyone. Why is it like kept a what? secret? At least from Alice. Like why is this news to Alice? She's like, oh, that would make sense. Why you were so against them having a child together? And that's why you were pushing the abortion so hard. Yeah, I'm like, well, if which you makes just, sense. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I don't like. I'm not as like. Mad at but you, you should have. But you, maybe you should have explained that. So you were. And you should have spoke out badly. about that before we were ever in this situation. Yeah, maybe have told Polly. Just like been like, because hmm, Polly you... never would have had sex with him if she knew that he was like her cousin. Yeah, like a lot of this could have been avoided if Hal had just said the truth, which is like and not even like that big of a deal. Like no one cares. And clearly, if you're he related. was really. Like disgusted by them being together, but that's the but like it did not. <laughs> Polly, Polly deserves to know that. Before yeah. she makes and also, decisions. like hiding that information, like what good does it do? Like, 
who cares if you're related to each other? Like, you hate each other, but whatever. Like, anyway. Well, yeah, I get, I get that, like, after, maybe after Jason's murder, that's not the kind of thing you want everybody to know about, because it but makes you seem a bit You could have just avoided that, the whole thing altogether. Yeah. If you just told her from the beginning when they started But dating. I guess if he had told that, like, the show just wouldn't exist. Like, nothing well, yeah. would have happened. Well, maybe that would have been at least good for them. Like, they could have uh, yeah. done a lot better. But anyway, so, obviously, I mean, okay, another thing is, like, why didn't Hal... Because when Hal tells them this information, all of a sudden they're like, okay, we need to get Polly out of that house. Like, because um, they obviously know about the incest, too. And so they well, think... Well, at least Clifford does. I'm not sure Penelope... Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. no, Penelope did. But, but Cheryl didn't. But... Clifford clearly does, and so they're like, okay, this is, like, creepy, we need to get her out. Um, but, like, they're very, like, oh my god, this needs to happen immediately. But, like, Hal has known this information the entire time. So if he had just come forward and told her, or told Alice well, about it, like... Why didn't they already get her out? Because I thought she was supposed to come home after homecoming. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Well, whatever. Anyway, so, then we have a great scene where... It's, like, the middle of the night, and they knock on Thornhill front door, and they're, like, and Alice has, is, like, don't bother calling the cops, we're not staying, which, like, doesn't even make any sense, like, what? Um, and then she's, like, sorry to disrupt witching hour at Thornhill. Um, and so then Alice explains to the whole family about the incest situation, which I'm guessing everyone knew there except for, uh, um, Cheryl. So this is news to Cheryl. Um... And then, um, and she says, like, Polly, you have to come home with us. And then she also says that, or an app, uh, Betty says that she thinks FP is being used by someone with a motive and kind of implies that it could be the Blossoms, which sort of sets Penelope off. And then Penelope also has this, like, line about how, um the, like, the babies will just, would have been, are going to be, like, purely Blossom. <laughs> Like so clearly, Penelope she's like pro incest. Yeah, which everyone is like, "What the heck are you talking about?" And then Clifford's like, "Well, it's not that bad. They're like third cousins, so it's like fine." And then Alice is, um, Alice. Well, clearly, everyone is like disgusted by this. And then Alice is like, "We're gonna like get you out of this like eugenics breeding family. Like we we need to leave immediately." So. Mm-hmm. But quite also, a scene also um Penelope was like oh she choose she chose to live with a mentally stable family I know. but then she goes on to say the line about how the baby would be purely <laughs> yeah awesome. I know it's like so as like, if you're a mentally stable family I mean yeah. I think there's like pretty much no mentally stable families in Riverdale but like yeah. pro incest families are not the, the not the <laughs> Not the yeah. top of the pro, or the mentally stable family list in Riverdale. Yes. So anyway, um, quite a scene at, in the middle of the night at Thornhill. Which yes. And then Archie wakes up Jughead to go to Pops to meet with his mom. And so Mary, I guess, had pretended to be FP's lawyer to try well, to find out as much Mary information. Did Mary come back from Chicago just for this? No, she was already back, remember? So was she staying at, is she, oh yeah, I guess so, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I was like, that's like a big ask to have her come all the way back from or, Chicago. Didn't she? I feel or like did she, she left. Oh, I, I actually feel she like left. she left too. Like, she I, came no, all the way back. No, I mean, it makes back. sense, it's a pretty big deal, what happened. I guess so. But Chicago, isn't Riverdale in like New York or something? Yeah, they aren't too close. But. It's kind of far, but anyway, she's a good parent, I guess. So she, yeah, so she had pretended to be FP's lawyer to find out everything she could, and Which also, said, that's, like, bad. Like, if she could pretend to be his lawyer, and then, like, yeah, the fact that she bit. could, like, find out all this information just by pretending to be his lawyer. But anyway. But she says it's, it's looking bad for him, and he is not budging from his story. So. Yeah, it's looking bad for him. She, yeah, so she suggests himself. 
that Jughead goes to visit him now because he might not get a chance to talk to him soon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Jughead so, goes to CFP. Yes. And he starts talking about how he knew it was a mistake for Fred to hire FP and that he had finally been really happy because he had believed that FP had cleaned up and he hadn't been that happy for a really long time and FP says that he did what he had to do and Jughead asks if he was sorry about what he did and FP says he was sorry that he got caught and he sort of starts to get angry and he tells him to never come back and then after he's so he like yells that at him and then yeah. Jack has just like got it which I thought was like really a really weird thing to say well, it was it, almost, almost as if like like he was like satisfied. interpreting like a code or something like it was like yeah and I was like yeah. why did you say he said it like really casually like he was like satisfied with their conversation at first I was like oh my god why did he do that I just thought it was a weird line but then I yeah later it becomes obvious mm-hmm and then, so then, um, Archie and Veronica are at the Lodge house. They are just talking about the case, and Veronica decides that they have to talk to Joaquin to get more information, because that was FP's one call when he got to jail. So, clearly, Joaquin knows something. Which, like, at oh. this point, you would be like, mm, maybe Joaquin's, like, a little dangerous if he's, like, working with that. Like, just have some suspicions, maybe. I don't know. Because, yeah. like, the fact that they, the gun wasn't there and then it was there, like, that doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't the killer. It just means, like, that's not proof that he was the killer. And, like, sure. I don't know. You'd think that maybe they would be a little bit more cautious, but they're not. Oh. But, yeah, Mary was the one who revealed to them that Joaquin was his one yeah. call. I forgot to say that. So, so then they go to talk to Joaquin. I guess they get Kevin to come with them. Um, and they, he tells them that FP told him to lay low and Veronica sort of isn't buying that story. And so Kevin asks him, does he know anything? Like, I think you, he's like, you must know something. Like, tell us what you know. And so Joaquin's actually like a very good source like he pretty much tells them everything um so Joaquin thinks FP kills killed Jason and but he never actually saw him do it so Joaquin tells this whole story about how on July 11th he was called into the white worm at the basement um for a cleanup job and he helped clean up Jason's dead body um and he never asked if FP yeah he cleaned it up with FP but he never saw FP kill him, and he doesn't know if he didn't know if FP was the one that did it. Um, and Veronica says that she wants to know if it was on behalf of Hiram. And Joaquin heard FP and Mustang talking about some rich guy. Um, Mustang, how is he involved again? It's like he was somehow involved in the cleanup or something. Um, he was the only other person who knew yeah, about it. Yeah, so um, they were talking about some rich guy, but they don't know if it's Hiram or not. We'll find. I guess we find out that it wasn't Hiram. Um, and so Veronica then has the bright idea to go see Mustang to, uh, to find out more. Which, like, he's like, I feel like you're just, like, not, that's, like, not a good idea. To go see Mustang. And Joaquin Especially now that they know that he was, it. like, involved in the cleanup, at yeah. least. Like, that is and not also, Archie had gotten in a fight with Mustang Yeah, before. like, they already have bad relationship with Mustang. The only reason why they didn't get, like, um, like beat up by Mustang is because FP stepped in. And FP's in jail, so he can't step in anymore. And um, Joaquin himself said that it was a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, was, like, the then... one person that actually knows Mustang. So, like... They're not smart, but they, Kevin says that if you don't show us to Mustang, we will tell Sheriff Keller everything. So he's sort of, his hands are tied. So then Holly and Betty are laying on a bed and talking. They're 
she's glad that she's back and she's safe, but everything else is, like, such a mess. And then Jughead calls Betty and says that she's right. Like, after talking to his dad, he knows that he's hiding something. And then we cut back to Archie, Veronica, uh, Kevin, and Joaquin, who go to see Mustang. And they go, it's like this, like, sketchy apartment complex or is it a motel? I think it's like a motel or I don't know exactly but it's but not. Veronica they, makes like as, some comment about how it's like not. Yeah as soon as you get the there you're like they should really leave but yeah. um, they enter his apartment and as soon as I got as soon as they entered I like did not remember this episode at all but as soon as yeah, they entered the apartment this. I was like oh I remember this part. Um, and they're searching around. They don't see Mustang. And you can kind of see there's, like, drugs all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then they see Mustang in the bathtub. He's dead. It it looks like he still has, like, a needle in his arm. It looks it looks like he overdosed. Yeah. Um, so then they call the sheriff. And Hermione and Fred also come. And who are not too pleased... As one could imagine. Yeah, and then one of, like, the people who work in the sheriff's office found the bag with the initials HL. So either Hermione Lodge or Hiram Lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, the Like, the money bag that they had From given the, very beginning the serpents that had, like, a whole bunch of money in it. Yeah. Um... Um, so, but then... So they're, then they're like, Hermione Lodge... And then Veronica steps in and it's like, it's Hiram Lodge. He did business with the serpents. And So she's Hermione, just like really out to get him. <laughs> yeah. Then Hermione's like, we're not saying anything else without a lawyer here. Yeah. Which and then, I'm realizing like that's never really addressed at the end of the episode. Like, I mean, I know true. that we find out that it, Hiram wasn't involved in the murder, but like there's still something shady going on with Hiram that they feel like they just sort of don't care about anymore by the time they figure out the murder. If they were doing something shady or potentially illegal, why would they put their initials on the back? Oh, yeah, I know. I was thinking that, too. But also, HL, that that doesn't have to be Yeah, he's like, oh, HL. The only HL that's standing right by me is Hermione Lodge, so it must be you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. But then we see Hermione and Veronica go home, and Hermione, like, walks in, and she just starts crying. Mm-hmm. So she's yeah. clearly pretty stressed, yeah. to say the least. So I guess they don't really know what Hiram has done, so it's possible that Hiram... At this point, they think it's possible that Hiram killed... Um, Jason, Jason, or at least orchestrated it. Um, so then, um, we all we see a scene of Joaquin. Uh, I guess they're at the bus station again, or they're at some sort of bus station. And Joaquin's like, "You guys need to stop this before someone gets hurt." And then he gets on the bus to like leave. They have like one final kiss before they like part ways. Oh, that's so um, cute. But then Joaquin's like, "There's one last thing that I didn't want to tell you in front of everyone else, or something." Which, like, I don't really... I mean, when we find out what it is, I'm like, I don't really know why that matters if you tell it in front of other people. But we will soon find out. So Joaquin's going to be gone, which is, like, sad. I kind of like Joaquin and Kevin together. I know. Honestly, like, probably the... Well... The best... Well, yeah, not necessarily the best couple. But, like, they're, like, a pretty solid couple. And And also, it didn't really start for the right reasons. But, uh, but like, it grew into the right reasons, which I feel like, like shows it's a strong couple because they were and, yeah yeah and when they left he was like goodbye preppy yeah. um, <laughs> which is not so, like a very flattering name but but you know he said it affectionately yeah so I, i'm sad to see him go but anyway um so then we see jughead talking to betty and he says that he saw it in his dad's eyes he was lying his dad's been lying to him for years so he knows that he must be hiding something he may be innocent and then we'll 
And then Betty's like, well, why would he lie? Who is he protecting? And then we cut to the Blossom House where Cheryl is asking why Clifford and Jason were arguing that day um, on July 4th before they went to Sweetwater River. And uh, Penelope says the same thing Clifford had said before about how Jason couldn't stomach taking over the business. And then Cheryl is like, well, what was it? Like, what could he, what couldn't he handle? And then Penelope is just like, so many questions, but she, we, at yeah. least we don't. That's always like a really good answer. Questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. So then we cut back to Jughead and Betty, and they're looking at their little murder wall, and they're like, okay, so Hiram, Clifford, and Penelope are our only suspects which, left. So I'm confused a bit about this because, so they take off Hal, which like, they're like, okay, so it makes sense that he stole the documents, but like, but we know it's not him. But like, how do they know it's not him? I don't like, know. That doesn't really make sense. And then they take off Hermione, which like, again, I feel like that doesn't really make sense either. Like, I feel like they're both potential candidates. And they're only suspects are their parents? Yeah, there's, like, like there's so a lot many of people, other people in Riverdale. In it could just be a random person. Well, these are, like, the only people they have leads on, I guess. But anyway. Yeah. It's it funny that like the only f- suspects are their parents, though. Yeah, it's a bit flawed because <laughs> it's the only people they interact with, so it's, like, the only people they would know about. But, yeah, um, yeah it seems like their mythology of taking people off their list is not the most uh, accurate. Mm-hmm. Or not the smartest decision. Yeah. And then we cut back to Thornhill, and Cheryl is sort of starting to suggest um, that it could have been one of the Blossoms who killed Jason. I mean, she doesn't directly say that, but she's kind of hinting at it because she starts to ask, like, what was he running away from? Why was he running away from the business? Like, yeah. or was it the business? Was it daddy? Was it you? Mm-hmm. And then. Penelope starts like squeezing her hand really tightly and grabs her and drags her to the barn and she's like this is the truth um maple syrup drown in it why don't you which, which doesn't make any sense it like really make any sense I'm, I'm really confused I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is supposed to be some sort of like symbolic moment and I just don't understand what it means like, I don't even yeah. understand what she's trying to say. Like, even if I... Like, I don't even know. Um, so, there's that. But then we see Alice. She's walked into the blue and gold room. Um, and she is says that she thinks that... Um, she thinks that everything is tied up too nicely. Like, with Mustang's body being found and the cash from Hiram's bag being found in Mustang... So, she thinks there's something off, which, I mean, I don't under, like, in real life, if something's tied up too nicely, I, like, I don't understand how that's a problem. But, anyway, um, right in that moment, Betty gets a call from Kevin, and so Betty and Jughead quickly leave, and they, it seems like it's daytime when they're in the office, but then they're searching in the middle of the night with Kevin, um, and they have, like, flashlights, and they're searching, and they, um, we hear that FP told Joaquin on the phone, like, apparently, um, Kevin was told by Joaquin that FP told Joaquin when he made his call from jail to forget about their plan because it was too dangerous. So we don't really understand what that means. Do, does the police, like, not monitor do they not monitor yeah i, I thought calls? they listen in or maybe you're allowed like a private phone call or something i don't know because wouldn't guess, they also monitor any single person that like comes in to talk to them yeah you would because think. like clifford especially, comes in to talk to him. they might have further found out some things anyway. yeah i don't know how it actually works like i don't know if they might maybe like they listen you have some to rights to like call yeah so yeah they are searching in the woods and they find 
or like on the side of the road kind of they see this like broken down sign for the blossom maple farm and then they find they sort of digging around and they find this bag that has jason's jacket in it which we saw originally was in fp's trailer so that was like the first time we thought oh maybe it's him um and they're sort of confused about what this all means um so they bring it back to some room i don't know what room they're in like maybe like archie's garage or something um and they're kind of all confused about like how this is what's supposed to like save fp from jail like something in it is so like it's actually just incriminating yeah it's like not actually helpful um but then veronica walks in so somehow she knew where to go and she says that she thinks that Hiram killed hired fp to kill jason um and betty says that she doesn't think that and she's like there must be some explanation that does not involve fp killing jason um and so she has this idea to have archie put on the jacket which like i don't really know why that's like necessary but she has archie put on the jacket and she's like she's reaching in the pockets which like couldn't she have reached in the pockets without him wearing the jacket um and she's like there's a hole in the pocket and like kevin's like oh that's nothing but then she's like what if something's in the lining like it fell through the hole in the pocket and so she's searching around and she finds a flash drive um so like this is like where it's like all of a sudden like everything like they just sort of stumbled upon this like i mean it was purposeful but like they didn't like they weren't like searching for this and then all of a sudden they like it they just like kind of stumbled upon this flash drive and so they put the flash drive in the computer and we don't really see exactly what happens but it's some sort of video that they're watching and it's like very shocking to them they start like like crying they like gasp and so then betty calls cheryl to tell her she's like you need to get out of your house and we presumably um she explains like what they saw in the video and then there's like a very dramatic moment which i feel like this is like a really great moment where cheryl's like i understand and then she's like a few tears like roll down her face like very dramatically and she's like walking down and then she goes up to her dad and she's like you did a bad thing daddy and now everyone knows so and then it ends there so it's a pretty i thought that was a good the part with cheryl was really good i thought yeah um and then we see alice bringing sheriff keller and mayor mccoy the flash drive mm-hmm. and then we it, then Jughead starts his narration and we actually see what was on the flash drive so we see Jason tied to a chair and Mustang was taunting him and then Clifford came in he took the ring from his pocket and then he shot Jason so yeah we big reveal so yes we Clifford was the murderer. And then this next information was just, like, totally dumped on us. We never, like, found out how this was revealed. Um, But they learned why FP confessed. It was because Clifford had visited him the night of the arrest and said that Jughead would be killed if he didn't confess. And then we... Yeah. yeah. Then we see Jughead go into the sheriff's office, and he's, like, arguing with the sheriff, and Sheriff Keller says that his dad still won't be getting out for quite a while, because they're, you know, he cleaned up the body and all of this, so there's a lot of charges against him. Yeah. And Um, then um, we see, like, Veronica coming home and talking to Hermione and Veronica's like apologizing for ever thinking that her, um, Hiram did anything like related to killing Jason and Hermione's like it's okay like we all make mistakes <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah we all just Ver- accuse our father of murder <laughs> like just like repetitive repeatedly like he I know it's him but it's fine and then we also find out which this is like a big deal I feel like to me and you after watching the next three seasons, but that Hiram 
is coming home. Hiram's coming home. So I don't think we see him in the next episode, but we do see him in season two. I think he's, yeah, in the second season premiere. Which, that was like a big thing, I remember, when we first saw Hiram. Um, And then we also see Archie telling his mom that he can't come to Chicago with her. Big surprise. Well, they figured out who killed him. So Riverdale's safe now, so it's like fine if he stays. So Archie's all good. She only knew what was going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. Well, it's, like, literally next episode, but... Yeah. Anyway. And then we get, like, a final narration from Jughead, um, and he's, like, wondering why Clifford killed Jason. And so that's, like, the one question that still needs to be answered, which I guess we'll get an answer next episode. Um, But the police are going to arrest... We see the police going to arrest Clifford at Thornhill, and they open up the same barn that Cheryl was, like, brought into by Penelope a few hours ago, and um, they see that Clifford hung himself with his maple syrup all around him. And then there's also, like, drugs on the ground, so something, something's up. So we don't get to see... Clifford arrested because he's already killed himself. But right before that, Jughead was like, only Clifford knows what yeah. happened. And then so the secret he has died with him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next episode. Yeah, but we still have a whole whole another 40 minutes for them to figure it out. Yeah. So. Well, we're almost done with season one. <laughs> I know. Well. We have one more episode left. I feel like we need to do some sort of, like, celebration. I don't know what the celebration is. Yeah. Are we just going to, like, get right into season two? Maybe we should, at the end of season one, like, after that episode, then we do, like, sorting them all into Hogwarts houses. Yes. Yes, we can do that. (laughs) And then every time a new character comes, we'll sort them into Hogwarts house. (laughs) Yeah. I've been wanting to do this for quite a while. Yeah. That will be, like, our special, like, end of season. (laughs) Okay. uh, Bonus feature. (laughs) <laughs> but that was a crazy episode a lot happened in the last like 10 minutes yeah i like did not realize going into this episode that we were gonna find out who killed jason because i feel I like thought... we were on like a trajectory where like i mean like some information was being revealed but it wasn't like that much and then all of a sudden they just like sprung everything on us like yeah i thought that we weren't going to find out I thought we were going to see them watch the tape, like, as soon as that happened, because I remember, yeah, I thought I remember that was seeing gonna be them the watch the tape, the and then there was, like, yeah, there was, like, a bunch of time in between that and then us finding out what was on the tape, or the flash yeah. drive. Well, and um, that would have been, like, an effective cliffhanger, too, like, not yeah. knowing who, like, the, knowing that they figured it out, but not knowing who it was, at least. And I but. think that was part of, like, what made it so anticlimactic when we figured out that it was Clifford. Yeah, but... Anyway, the that is uh, chapter twelve of Riverdale. Um, oh wait, I have one question. Why did they have that on tape? Well, because we had a, see I guess they just had a, we see it briefly, like a well. I don't know why they would do that. That that's like so stupid that they would have oh, like because, a camera. Yeah, because we do see at one point like they're cleaning up, and then there's it's like an angle. Like, when we're seeing um, FP cleaning up the body, and there's, like, an angle of a camera shot that, like, looks like it's sort of, like, a a camera, and then we, like, see Hiram, like, covering it up, sort of, like, early in the episode. Or, I mean, FP, yeah. So, like, I guess that was, like, the camera. It's, like, a security camera, but, like, why would they have that in the basement? But, yeah, it's also, like, how many murders are there, like, actual video proof of, like what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it was good. I mean, that's what saved oh, yeah, well, FP, yeah, sort of. They, did. they had that. I guess maybe they did it as like a precaution. Because like FP is like, this is like he's like, earlier like in the season, he's like, this jacket is our insurance. Well, something. yeah, that's... No, it makes so, sense why they saved that. So maybe they were like, thinking like in case something goes bad, like, this is the proof what we have that we weren't the killers or something. Like, maybe they planned that out in the first place. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like well, a lot of um, forethought. But yes. I guess when you're killing someone, you need to, like, <laughs> take these things through. Oh, and 
should we talk about what our next episode is going to be? Because we actually yeah. have a plan. We actually have a plan for our next episode, and we're going to record it tomorrow, potentially. We're going to be so ahead of schedule. It's gonna yes, be it might not. It's not going to come out until Sunday, Sunday, but we're like pre-recording a couple of episodes. Yeah, because I'm going to be out of town on the next week. Yes. So, But we're not going to miss our uploads. We're going to be right on time. Um, but yes, we're doing an episode on Love, Victor, which... We are so dedicated that we got a Hulu subscription. Or just a free trial. <laughs> just to watch it. Yeah. But I'm also thinking I'm going to watch the Looking for Alaska series. Because that's on There's a lot of Hulu, Hulu too. I just want to yeah, get Hulu. I, I might just get um, stuck down the Hulu rabbit hole. But <laughs> but it's only going to last for 30 days. So <laughs> there's only so yeah. much that we can do. Um, but that is our episode. Um, until our next upload you can find us on social media um we're on instagram and twitter at pops and or pops pop culture and you can email us at pops and pop culture at gmail.com and you can leave us a review on apple Podcasts. give us five stars write why people should listen to our podcast and then of course subscribe and follow us on spotify as well and until next time on Bye. Bye.